When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Selig Soul Podcast, and you're all very welcome back to the show. My guest today will be Easter Housebound Celtic fan and Cana Foundation trustee, Joe Mackin. I would like to thank this episode's sponsor, our good friends in Philadelphia, the Plowboys Celtic Supporters Club, and the news this week that flights will resume from November into the USA, from Ireland and the UK, was music to all our ears ahead of next year's big North American Federation Celtic Supporters Club convention in Las Vegas. And hopefully we'll be back also for the Super Bowl weekend and a return to Philadelphia for the Philly Failure one of the best weekends on the Celtic supporters calendar stateside. And if you would like to be like the Plowboys and sponsor an episode of the podcast or sponsor us in the fanzine, you can do so by contacting us through the website, celticfanzine.com, on social media, where you'll find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn under Celtic Fanzine. And you can also email us at info at celticfanzine.com. We are fully fan-funded, which enables us to produce free content across all our platforms. We do not have a Patreon, and we do not go behind a paywall. But look, if you can't afford it, and you would like to do so, you can support us by visiting CelticFanzine.com, where you can donate for the price of a point, and you can also support us by becoming a member, subscribing to the fanzine, buying a copy of the fanzine, a t-shirt, or some of our merchandise at our online shop. And thanks very much to Paul Heaton for supporting our three-stripe Glasgow T-shirt recently at a festival over in the UK. Thanks to Paul, the T-shirt sold out quickly, and I suppose you could say that's the power of pop. It's been a few weeks since the last podcast because we've been off gallivanting away days, following Celtic and uh, enjoying our freedoms again. But we were also busy putting the new issue of the fanzine together as well, so it wasn't all uh, fun and games, but it was enjoyable putting the fanzine together, uh, our 20th uh, anniversary issue. And it was great to, I suppose, get in contact with some of the old uh, writers as well. Um, 
and have a little chat with them and thank them for their contributions over those 20 years. But anyway, the last podcast we had playwright Jim Moore and comedian Des McLean on from Bend It Like Bertie. The play was a sellout. It was a complete success. Uh, I wasn't there myself, but I look forward to uh, some more dates being added, maybe over an international break or maybe when the season's finished. Who knows? Or maybe we might see the boys in Las Vegas. And that would be nice, wouldn't it? But anyway, Martin Donaldson was there for us. And you can read his full review of the show in issue 117 of more than 90 minutes, which is with Richie, our graphic designer at the moment. And I'd like to thank everyone who contributed. The digital edition will be out early next week. And then once we have posted out copies to all our subscribers and those who have pre-ordered a copy, it will be on general sale and hopefully back on match day sales soon at the ground and in and around Glasgow, which we look forward to uh, getting back there so much this season as well. We're back now in, in stadium and back at travelling to see the Celtic. Brilliant. It's a packed, packed fanzine and I thank Mick Kane for getting a great interview with Celtic fan and former international and Premier League player Trevor Sinclair. And we also look back at, as I said, 20 years of publication going on sale outside Celtic Park I think if memory serves me right we beat them firm on that day and Chris Sutton got a couple but things were smooth back then under Martin O'Neill uh, but they're just not as smooth as we had hoped for this season uh, the debate still lingers on among Celtic fans as to why Dominic McKay has stood down as CEO after only three months in the job I record this podcast on the day after we beat Ray Rovers in the League Cup quarters and now only hold us St. Johnson stop us from reaching another final that game will take place in November I think it's around the 20th and Hibs are in the other semi-final where they take on the new club Celtic this season have been like a, it's been like a Jekyll and Hyde movie free scoring winners at home but can't get a result on the road and up next it's Dundee United at home on Sunday uh, and with nine points already dropped we just can't allow any more slip-ups and then it's on to another big European night at Celtic Park under the lights against Bayern Leverkusen. The stadium is almost full now with the exception of the, the red area where the players still have to sit socially distancing. But once that's lifted, we'll be able to welcome back away fans. And what a buzz that will be because, you know, we want to go to away games. So we should want away fans to come to our stadium because they do add some atmosphere and it's good to have rivalry especially for those who sit in the corner of the main stand or the Lisbon Lion stand where they can have uh, a pop at the away fans and a bit of banter it was strange travelling to Seville knowing that there was little chance of getting into the stadium after the ticket fiasco between the UEFA and the, I suppose the local authorities but look like so many I had flights and hotels booked and off I went and it was great to be travelling again there was a lovely buzz in Dublin airport hooking up with uh, lads I hadn't seen in ages including Davy Scott who I think the last time I saw Davy was uh, in Gibraltar when Brendan Rodgers um, his first game in charge and we lost to Red Imps but Brendan uh, soon righted that wrong and we all know the success that followed but hopefully we'll have uh, tickets sorted for the upcoming trips to Germany and Hungary Seville was was amazing it wasn't as busy or as mad as the the last time we visited in 2003 but the locals didn't forget us uh, I lost my phone 
and I can thank a guy called Javi, a bar owner who helped me get my phone back. It took 24 hours, but he did help and he also offered me his season ticket for the game. So there are some really good Real Betters fans out there and I thanked them. I also got to go to the Penna, which is like a supporters club where they have a bar and serve food and each each community um, in in Seville would have would have a, a penna. Um, so I suppose yeah, the easiest way to describe it is like a supporters club, but and like a supporters club, it also plays its part in the community. And I thank the Jorge who I present made a presentation on behalf of the Devon and Walkers and the Don Patricio group. So that was that was an honour for me to do that, and I thank Fergus for giving me the opportunity, and I thank Jorge for his hospitality. Uh, hopefully we'll have an interview with Jorge coming up soon enough. Don't forget, folks, the podcast is available across all platforms. So please subscribe and follow on your preferred platform, be that Apple, Acast, Spotify, we're on them all. And if you do hit that subscribe or follow button, which is free, you'll never miss an episode. And also please visit our YouTube channel, Celtic Fanzine TV, and hit the subscribe button. You'll find all our shows there, including this podcast, and you'll also find Talk from the Terrace and the Grand Isle History Podcast. They're also all available on CelticFanzine.com where you'll also find news and articles and as I said, all our podcast video content and our online shop. And finally, don't forget to download our free app, Celtic Fanzine, and you'll find that on uh, the App Store and on the Android Store and what have you. And it's free. And with that, you'll get access to everything we do on your phone or your tablet at the touch of a finger. And I'd like to wish uh, the new home of Celtic AM in Glasgow, Morphy's Irish Bar, in the Merchant Sea, all the best for this weekend when they finally open after being ready before COVID and then having a few hiccups. We were supposed to be there recently with the, for the Ross County game with Celtic AM, but wasn't wasn't ready to open. And uh, But we hope to be back soon, maybe the St. Johnson game or maybe even a European game before that. So... Best of luck, Joe, Keith, and all the staff, and look forward to getting in for a point. Joe Mackin hails from Easter House in Glasgow. His Celtic supporting life started as a young six-year-old boy, and having served his apprenticeship under the old TV gantry in the jungle, he has now moved, as has the stadium, to a new stadium and a new season book in the main stand. But on match days, you'll find Joe, or well, on most match days, you'll find Joe in the Lisbon Lion Lower, behind the goals, with the Kano Foundation. Hi Joe, you're very welcome to the Celtic Soul podcast. How's life now that we're getting back to a bit of normality after lockdown and the return to paradise? Good evening, Andrew. Uh, life's getting back to normal, as you say. Back working a bit more. Uh, getting the kids back into the stadium slowly but surely. So hopefully we'll continue. We won't have any setbacks. Hopefully, Joe. I think... Uh, over here, we've about ninety percent of people vaccinated, and we open up fully on the twenty second of October. So I think well, I think we're out of the water here. So Glasgow's a little ahead of us. Um, I've enjoyed hope so. hope so. a few drinks in Glasgow. Let's just say since I've returned, and uh, I suppose I've enjoyed the freedom, <laughs> uh, a bit more freedom than we have here. So I think everyone here is looking forward to the twenty second of October. But Joe, um, it's been a tough season. Yeah. Uh, sorry, last season was a tough season. This season it's been a mixed bag. Um, poor away form. Goals galore at home, which will be uh, 
news, uh, good news uh, ringing in your ear for the kids that go to the games because uh, I suppose when you're young, the most important thing is to see the team score and then, so you can celebrate and have a wee song to sing. But anyway, look, when I look at the team now, Joe, if I can just kind of bring, I suppose bring us up to date. Um, as I said, it's been a tough season last year. Mixed bag this season. Plenty of goals. A new manager. Didn't bring in his backroom team, which did surprise us. Um, plenty of new players, plenty of new faces, some we haven't seen yet. A new CEO who lasted, I think, 72 days, three months. Yeah. Uh, we've had no replacement at the head of re- the recruitment at the club. I think he left in March. We have the bizarre appointment of Dundee employee and former Celtic manager Gordon Strachan on a three-month consultancy role. Now, some would say we're in a transition period, but others would say there's little stability or leadership at board level. So, Joe, I know you deal with the board uh, through the charity, but um, I want you to put your own, I want you to take your Kano hat off and your Celtic fans hat on and just give us your thoughts because I think I've recapped the last couple of months since I was speaking to you. I'll see you just reading that out there, that list. It's actually quite farcical, isn't it? <laughs> when you get them one after another, like that. The new manager coming in, everybody's got high hopes. But see, as soon as he doesn't bring his own backroom team, you're thinking, is he a yes man? Is he going to work? How can he work with these people? So he said, a we go at it. Personally, I don't think it's working. I think he's going to get uh, a wee bit, maybe tougher, might be the words, with the board and the team. Um, you see, at Celtic Park, I like the way the heel team moves. If the left wingers get the ball, the right back still moving, try to get involved. I do like watching that. But the total reverse is like Sunday when you go a goal down, the team sits in the box and there's no plan B. There's no change. We don't try and get rid of them. We don't throw the big man up front and lump the bottom. It's still the exact same. And that, to me, is a wee bit kind of a, the way Gordon Strachan played his fingers crossed. If it didn't work, he sat it out and he sat it out hoping that his plan was going to come. Surely you've got a wee bit, of, wee bit about you to see that it's not working. How do we change it and try and influence the game? It just seems to stand there at the touchline and be very calm and get through the motions for me. Uh, boardroom level, it's just as chaotic. Isn't it? it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard being a fan watching that and taking that in and just being totally bewildered of what's going on because there's nothing really coming out of the club. The new man comes in. Dom comes in. You've got high hopes for him. A new change, new regime. 72 days, as you say, the man's gone. And that's just the past week or so. It seems to me as if it's getting back to the way it was. Um, dealing with the club, you probably know yourself, isn't it? The easiest or the best thing to do, um, especially under the Lawwell regime. These people coming in, I think they might get it because they've made a couple of changes up the ladder uh, to set themselves. People are saying it's for the PLC board and they've got to date and things like that but I think they'll find their feet under the table will be quite comfy and things will stay the same um, so going forward 
I like the style of football. Hopefully, it'll kick in. They'll all start fighting for one another again. The backs are against the wall, and hopefully, we'll turn that around and turn it into a good season. Yeah, hopefully, Joe. Um, yeah, I, I. From everyone I've been speaking to, um, it's the like if the current CEO, the acting CEO, had been put in the position at the start of the season, there would have been a riot outside Celtic Park because it would have been yeah, seen as more of the same. TV was that good. TV was that good. Why did they not get the job in the first place? He's been there for years and years. But we're told yeah. as well, Joe, that um, Dom's the man. He's headhunted for the job. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he was, I think he was chief. He wasn't the CEO of Scottish Rugby, but he was second in command. And, um, you know, everyone was raving about this guy. And Ian Bankier, on the day he was, you know, the day he was announced and the day they'd done the press conference with Ange, it's like, he tells us he's all singing and dancing and they've done due diligence and they've, you know, they've, I'd hate to see who else was in for the job if, 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 Dom only last three months. Now there's there's only two reasons. It's not for personal reasons. There's only two reasons. He's jumped ship because he's he's been he's been he's not been allowed to do his job. Or okay. the other one is he's like the job's not big enough for him. He's not big enough for the job. He just thinks there's too much pressure. I doubt that. I doubt it three months. I feel and I could be completely wrong and I'm I'm kind of tabloiding this uh now I think it's I think it's interference from the board. It has it's stamped all over it. Um, you know, he said at the fans press conference that he done that Aaron attended on behalf of us that he was, you know, he was going to go out. He was going to take his time. He was going to look at what best best practice was throughout Europe and throughout world football. You know, people asked him what the structure was going to be. He said, "Yeah, we're going to look." And then what we have is we have a part-time employee uh, come in as a consultant, which is, and I love, like, God and is a lovely man, but like, <laughs> it just is this most bizarre. He's an employee of Dundee and it's just so bizarre, Joe, that we now have, we haven't, like, with the exception, we've changed manager and the players that didn't want to be there last year are gone. Yep. And the best of luck to them, but no thanks for some of the effort last year. We've a new team. We've basically a new team in, right? Andy Ralston uh, wasn't good enough for a game nope. last year, and he's he's been sensational. He, yeah, he, and fantastic. His effort and attitude has been brilliant. So, like at least that's something. And just said, right? Well, he had nothing else to work with, and he gives the guy a go. And you'd wonder why. The coaches that have been there for so long couldn't see this in, in, in this kid, that, you know. Yeah. And if memory serves me right, and I could be wrong, I bumped into Anthony Ralston when he was out on loan, coming back from a, a lads' night out in Dublin. I'm on a plane coming home from, or coming back, going to Glasgow to a game, and Anthony Ralston's coming back from Dublin. And he thinks he's been on a jolly up with a few of his mates. And I think it's a cup final, and I ask him, is he going to the cup final? At this stage, he's, he's on loan. He's not, you know, he's still a Celtic player, but yep. he's on loan. Yep. He tells me he doesn't have a ticket for the game. He didn't get a ticket from Celtic, which I was I was shocked by. He said he was going to watch it in the house. This is a guy that wasn't good enough to get a ticket. And now he's good enough to be a, a first choice, which is which is a great story for him. But it just goes to show you that somewhere along the line, a Celtic just... There's something missing. There's so many things missing. And yep. like I want to be on this podcast and I want to be positive because... You know, it, it's my team and it's your team and yeah. 
you know, we, we want to be on talking about the road to Seville and in a way winning Europe and great days and that. And look, if I look at a positive so far this season, it's been Kyogo has been brilliant. He, he's got us oh, off, yeah. a, you know, he's got he us off our seats in Celtic Park. And, and, and this is the kind of stuff we get, you know. But I suppose the happiest story, Joe, of the of the season so far is we've all made a return to paradise. Yes, we get back, yeah. Every season ticket holder has been back. It started off with 2,000. I was lucky enough to get in, I think, on the 8,000. And I've been lucky enough since. Some fans were unlucky. They didn't get in until yeah. more more recent. But when did the Cana get back? We went back the first uh, game. But we'd done it as like a trial. So we did. We only took like family and friends just to see. Because we didn't know if... I think it was a week before. We didn't know if we were getting a time slot to get in. We didn't know what gate we were getting in. So there was logistics to sort out. So we couldn't actually invite any groups to come along in case it was a mess on the day. Which so happened. <laughs> when we took, I think it was 50 kids or something the first week, we go to the turnstile and the stewards didn't know we were coming, Were tickets wouldn't they work. So just as well, we had the wee trial, shall we say. So the last game there, we took, I think it was about 90 kids. We stepped it up a wee bit. Stuart still didn't know we were coming, put us in a different gate. So, third time lucky, hopefully. Hopefully we'll get it on Sunday. We'll be, I think we've got 130 kids on Sunday. Oh, so brilliant we'll job. Step it, we'll step it up again, so hopefully the Stuarts will know we're coming. Hopefully we'll get in okay, and it'll go back to normal, hopefully. Joe, I, I, I've said it so many times that um, this is the feel-good, the feel-good charity, the feel-good factor, um, <laughs> because... So many of char- so many charities and not awardy char- charities, but you know, there's there's a hard there's a hard luck story and a heartbreaking story, and the, the kind of story is just one of it's I suppose I. happy happiness. You know, it's always everything's positive, even if as you say we can't get into the stadium or church halls near electricity or something. We get around it, we make amends, we make the best of it. As long as the kids have the best day possible, that's all we're about, really. As long as the kids enjoy themselves, we've done our job. We, we get him happy at night. Now, I, I would imagine regular listeners to the podcast will, will know what the Kano um, Foundation is, but just in case we have some new listeners or some uh, people who, who aren't fully aware of the Kano story, just briefly, Joe, can you can you tell us the history of the Kano and how it came about and why it came about? The Kano started uh, 11 years ago now, and it was... I started by guys on CQN were collecting for a boy called Martin Kane in Australia. He woke up one day, no else, so neck, and ended up he was paralysed with the neck down. So Celtic fans were collecting for him. I think it was £68,000 they collected to adapt to his house. He couldn't go to hospital. He could get his medical and that, but to get home, he had to get his house adapted. So we collected money, got his house adapted, and they actually done a bucket collection at the game. The kids had done a bucket collection they took into the game. So somebody had the idea of transforming it into a kids' charity just for that. So that's me along to the first meeting, uh, Barbie Bowser's in the town. And we, the initial idea of asking for 20 tickets, see if the fans could sponsor 20 tickets. That initial first drive, we get 50 tickets. So we did. So we had to go to Celtic, try and sort out all the legal stuff, but we took it to there. So 11 years later, we've now got 186 tickets. Uh, 154 kids tickets and they're open to anybody anybody that wants them anybody that applies you just go on a waiting list 
they oil the country all over Ireland. So anybody that wants them, they're available. Um, so basically, that's the stage we're at now. We, we've got these tickets. We need them full. So we need people to start applying and getting these kids to the games. I've I've seen uh, kids going over the bow. Um, I've seen kids in airports. Um, <laughs> I've seen football teams. I've seen. I've actually uh, seen them in the stadium enjoying it as well. Yeah, and and then you get, the, like, you get into the ground, and then I I was invited one day. Thank you so much, Joe. I says I swapped my seat in the in the main stand, and I went around just to see what the what the crack was, and they're so looked after, Joe. Um, to get a bit of food. I think I even got a free pie. <laughs> uh, not that I need Lucky one, you. but I think That's I did. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's a great experience. Um, and I think it's, as I said, it's, it's the feel good factor charity, but have you been involved Joe since the start? Yes. The very first meeting I've been involved. I think we had six people initially and that kind of a whittled down to four. We kind of picked up a wee bit with volunteers and helpers. The initial four, I ended up with five. Sometimes it was six, but four or five steady volunteers throughout the years. A couple come and going, uh, just natural sort of thing. People day a year, people day four years, but I've been there for the start. The ones are there now, there's me, Jillian, Mark, we're all there for the start. Big Brian was there, I think it was the following year. And I met Big Brian in Vegas and he asked to help. So he was there about a year, year and a half later. Unfortunately, Pat, who came maybe a year or two years into it, Pat's actually just resigned there as well. He's got family commitments. He had to he couldn't get as much time near he could. So we're actually doing interviews for to replace Pat as a trustee. Um we've got a wee band of volunteers, but we thought we'd put it out there just to see what kind of people are out there would actually want to get involved. And to be fair, it's actually worked for us. We've had lawyers, business managers, accountants. You name it. Everybody's applying. I think we're for about 20 odd people applying. Brilliant, Joe. Joe, what's the difference between, let's say, a volunteer and a trustee? The trustees will be around the board table making financial decisions, future planning. Uh, see where match the experience that you were talking about there with the kids. Yeah. That, that's run totally with volunteers. Erin and Pat used to do it. So Erin stepped up. Neil stepped up to help Erin now, so it's Erin and Neil who actually totally deal with all the applications, uh, the food turning up on the day, um, with time we're meeting it, walking the kids around to the stadium. A trustee doesn't need to be involved in that because I've got it down to a T. So the trustees' main role is future planning, um, as I said, basically financial decisions. If the, tr- if the volunteers want something, suggest something, then it'll be, we'll meet around the boardroom and we'll decide if it's a go or not. That's basically the two different roles. And as you said, twenty about twenty people applied, and from all walks of life as well. So, yeah, it, it just yep. it just goes to show that the the kind of foundation is well out there within the Celtic support. It was actually an eye opener to us, yeah. So it was the amount of people that applied, and as you see, all walks of life, all walks, just a normal supporter to say to everything. <laughs> I couldn't even get through them while there was that many. Everything I played. And if people want to volunteer, Joe, like to help out with anything, the same thing, just contact the Kano. Yes, just contact, yeah. Uh, obviously, a wee bit about yourself, what you could do. The thing about the match day, 
is that's why we opened up the trustees because we've got maybe eight people, nine people in a match day. So we have if two can make it, another two will step in. So that's kind of a covered one match day. Uh, so that's how we can be thinking about um, being more community based. What that entails, we don't really know what direction we're going to do, whether it's feeding the kids more, whether it's helping kids with their exams. But we're going to try and be more community based rather than just take kids to the football. That so will never change. We'll always take kids to the football. That's for bread and butter. But we just feel we can help in other ways now. We're big enough, we're strong enough, we're wise enough to help in other ways. But what actual direction we go down, we don't know yet. So once we get maybe the other trustee in, sit down, have a word and see what we can do. But maybe a couple of paths in front of us and we'll pick one. Yeah, Joe, I think that's, uh, I think it's great that like you're not just going to be static and you're going to try and grow. And it's it's so important that um, every static charity is steeped in the community. See, we've never had a lottery grant or any type of funding. Every single penny in 11 years has been fan-funded, whether that's bucket collections or people just walking up to the game and giving you 10 and 20 quid. Every single penny is fan-funded. So we also need to be a wee bit wary of that. We couldn't... Maybe you're not giving me a pound a week to go and do, help the kids' exams or whatever. So we need to watch what we're doing, what line we go down. But it won't be too far away from things like that. Do you know what I mean? I don't think people would... Moan and grumble about things like that if you're if you're still providing a service and helping. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so before I get into the the funding, um, because it's it is fan funded and there's a few few bits and pieces I want to ask you about that. How many kids have, have are we now through the tornstones? We we just broke through. See see the very week that the COVID struck and the games get cancelled. That was our eleven thousandth kid. So the game we took, our friend, uh, friends and family, the wee trial game, we didn't count that. And the next game, that last game there, with 11,000 kids through the turnstiles. Unbelievable. Well done. It's, it's well done to you and to everybody involved. It's pretty phenomenal. I've people say that, but in my mind, I think of the first three, four years, we made no money at all. We're all chipping money in. We're, we're buying Celtic tickets and having a dance to pay for it and oh it was just crazy we're trying to pay in instalments <laughs> rather so than Peter the PayPal yeah all the memories come flooding back to me so they did but Joe nobody walks before they crawl no and it's it helps you I think it does help you in the long run because you know even if it does get back to being that bad I know we can survive and get through it again yeah the way 100%. we try and work the way we try and work just now is uh, with our accounts, we try and keep three years' money so that if there's a world disaster or something goes wrong... Heaven forbid. Yeah, I know, we can. <laughs> if there's a COVID situation, we, we can survive it. So that's our, kind of our business model. We always try and keep three years' uh, money there. Which is, which is also, a great business model. And it also lets you say to Celtic, we're not going away, we're still going to be here. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's for sure Joe as you said the charity is fully fan fan funded I always get tongue tied when I say that because <laughs> it's like this, like everything we do the fans in the podcast it's all fan funded like we don't yeah. we don't have any Patreon or put oh. stuff behind a paywall everything's free uh, but if you if you want to buy a fans and you want to buy a t-shirt you can so but when I'm doing when I'll be doing my intro to this pod, podcast I'll say fully fan funded and I might have to do 
one of my mates will say to me, he says, he says, why don't you just change that? He says, because you can't pronounce it. <laughs> but anyway, the charity is fully fan-funded. And um, last season, like you had the expense of paying for all the season books, even though uh, you nobody got into the into yes. the games. Uh, but Celtic fans did rally around Joe. Um, there was money raised. I remember before it kind of went public. Um, I was speaking to the boys from Dave Park, and Eddie Towner had been speaking to them, yep. and they said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna raise some money, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna give it to this charity, but it's kind of." It's going to be low key. We're not going to, you know, do a, fan, uh, a fundraising drive. We're just going to do it within our clubs. Then Mark, who, who's the uh, chairman of Dave Park, he he got on to Hilly, who's the chairman of St Margaret's, and it went out. And we have a WhatsApp group. And just Saturday night, we were doing nothing, only having a, a few cans sitting at home with each other. So these were the best nights for um, raising money. So he put it out. Everybody sent money to the account, but. I later found out that the club had already sent money anyway, so like yes. it was, so it, it was great. And then I know I I, I don't know, like I know Eric O'Bra would have got involved and Marty up in Balamina. And yeah. I'm sure there's clubs everywhere. And then I it kind of got went it went public. I think I think he went on the Homeboys podcast and yes, so it kind of it kind of grew from there. I think that's what Eddie heard me. Just like this, I was just sitting talking. I think they asked me a question about the board, how we deal with Celtic. There was four. I was a wee bit down about it, shall we say. So I go to the stage where everybody thought I was going to chuck it. And I say, no, you can't chuck it. You can't chuck this. You can't stop this. And I'm not chucking it. And basically came down to, we paid 20,000 for our season tickets, 22,000, whatever it was. And there was no chance of going to the football. So I think Eddie came up with the idea, Eddie and Mark came up with the idea of raising the 20,000. But they were going to go around CSCs and try and just give us it. But as as I say, I don't know, they, they actually know the uh, homeboys, and that's when it really took off because they involved like the CSA over here. They did a collection through other buses, uh, even people at Perth, Australia, Perth, Australia, Wimbledon, they're brilliant with us. Closer to home, you had like near Michael Davitz, Lisbon Lions, Denison, they, they all just took off. So they did, they all started doing individual projects. We had the boys, the boys end up raising 20 grand. So they did. And that's phenomenal. Just a 20 grand check. And, Andy, and that's something that goes unnoticed because uh, yep. everyone comes out and criticises the boys when they do something, when they do. Yep. Um, and I, I, they actually, they contacted me and, and they actually sponsored the podcast as well, Joe, during the lockdown because they they were obviously enjoying the content. And just out yeah. of the blue, it got... Now, obviously, it's not expensive to, to sponsor a podcast, but it does help, and especially, especially during lockdown, it helped, you know. Especially when like, you're fan-funded, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, and these boys had like like 20,000 from a bunch of ultras. Um, is absolutely brilliant, you know. And I've always said about both ultra groups are Celtic. You know, people think these are, these are Neds. These boys are intelligent lads. You know, they put a lot of thought into everything they do. And well, they, walked, they walked up Ben Lomond, I think it was. They climbed Ben Lomond. I think it was the boys and some of the boys who govern Emerald. So it was. So there was a collaboration, and they raised ten grand. Then they doubled it. So That's they amazing. What did you say when somebody hands you a check for twenty grand? You know what I mean? Like, well, 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 to be a start. <laughs> You're not getting the words. You can't thank yeah. them enough. Now you can. I mean, there was boys that done the five k walk. There was a guy in China going out and walking five k every day. They raised about nine grand. Unbelievable. 
And Joe, mm-hmm. like it was a massive, massive own goal for the club at a time when, terrible. when you know, terrible. it was a season that everything went tits up, and this was just as a massive own goal because this was kind of like I was take, like it, it was everything that the club isn't. You know, the PLC yes. stands for yeah. everything that the club doesn't stand for. You know, like the history yeah. of the club and you know why we were founded. And like, I just can't get it in my head. The club took twenty odd grand off a kid's charity, knowing. Yeah. They weren't going to get back into that stadium. There's there's just nothing right about that, Andrew. There's nothing right about that at all. And they knew that, and they didn't give a damn. You know they did. And I can see, I can see, I can see how upset. um, For those listening on audio, uh, I can see how upset Joe still is over this. But Joe, um, (laughs) am I correct in saying that um, they haven't charged this season, so they have repented? Yeah, no, 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 no. you were talking earlier on about Dom. Dom came in. I don't I don't talk to Celtic at all now. My relationship with Celtic just broke down that much. I just there was no point. Uh, so Julian actually talks to Celtic now. So Julian will have Zoom meetings with him or whatever face to face meetings. At the start of the season, through Dominic. Um So we're talking Dominic McKay here. Yes. Or McCoy. Yes. I didn't meet the man. Julian met him, Brian met him, and the two they said it was fantastic, it was brand new, great ideas. But the club actually gave us £7,000. They paid for all the kids' tickets this year. We still paid 13 for the adults that, to take the kids, but they actually gave us £7,000, which <laughs> I was amazed at myself. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't expect- I wasn't expecting anything like that, you know. But they actually gave us seven. They paid for all the kids' tickets this year. So they did make amends, tried to make amends. Um, Dom Dom was actually supposed to be coming into the last game with the kids so he wanted to experience just what you've done experience the whole situation he was going to come to the church hall have a burger have a hot dog walk around with the kids and sit with the kids but as we know it didn't last that long <laughs> so I'm afraid I'm I'm just scared it's going to be back to normal and was he the first board member that ever said I'd like to come and see what you do yes yes so with a wee bit of hope for a a better relationship. Things started well. We were promised things. Things came through. Um, but in the past week or so, it's kind of been a wee bit sketchy again. So fill us in. <laughs> the, the, the saga. <laughs> you will all be turning off. I'll be bored. <laughs> it's just there have been a lot of fans. Um, well, this year we get the £50 vouchers. So... We didn't know what to do with fifty pound vouchers. We we can't just go and buy, say, a thousand t shirts. We're taking two thousand kids to the football. So that means a thousand brains are going to get a t shirt and a thousand of them. So that's a wee bit unfair. We can't go and buy pencils and sharpeners and cups and things like that. Because where do we store them? How do we give them to the kids? So it was a wee bit tricky for us. People were wanting to donate their fifty pound season ticket uh, vouchers. So we asked the club, see if people donate, can we use them? Yes, certainly. So, so brilliant, this is great. We went down to the superstore and asked, um, can we just buy strips with them? Can we buy like, bottles of whiskies and things like that? Um, for... So if we go to dances, say we go to your, your dance, your annual dance, we've got a wee raffle prices and things like that. Can we turn things into money? Uh, they, added, they actually suggested we could turn them into gift vouchers. 
and we can use them throughout the season. So we didn't need to just that spend makes sense. all the money. We did, that was a great idea. We didn't even think of that. We went down last week and all that was kind of a poo-pooed and reneged, so we don't know if, if they're going to come through with that. They're their own suggestions. We're still in discussions with them. I've got a meeting tomorrow with them. So, so, okay. so what you're telling me, Joe, is it's frustrating. Andrew, as I said earlier on, you know, I said it's just so hard. It's really hard. I've, I've no inkling why it's so hard. I don't know. Working with them for 11 years, why it's so hard. We have nothing bad about us. We're all good world stories. We don't bring anything at all to the door negative. But it's just something doesn't click in there. I don't know what it is. It just, nothing runs smooth. Nothing Do you think, Joe, that it's be- it's because that Celtic have their own charity and they want to put that out front and they don't want to be seen to be promoting other charities? I would hope not because we don't compete with Celtic Foundation. Celtic Foundation are working in millions and we're working in thousands. It's total different ends of the scale. Do you know what I mean? So there's no reason to think that way. You know, there is. Um, there's much bigger projects. We're basically taking kids to a football game. That is beyond end all we do. We do have the odd dance, we do have a odd bucket collection, normally start of the season. But we don't interfere with, we don't try and stand on or block um, Celtic Foundation bucket collections and things like that. We don't try and time it saying, try and catch some of their money or steal their money. We, so there's no competition there at all. And do you think if Dom, okay, the... the the exiting CEO had to have got the chance to come and see what just do that you know probably would have made things a lot easier maybe to yes. when you when you are negotiating with the board about fifty pound vouchers. Yes, we had high hopes because by all accounts it was Dom that transformed the Scottish rugby and brought more kids to the Scottish rugby. It was like a pound to get into the rugby and things like that. So we're hoping his ideas that he used the rugby could benefit us. We kind of asked the question when he came, are you going to keep the £50 season tickets going? Because that's basically a lifeblood. If that even doubles, then we're in trouble. So as long as they keep the £50 season tickets, I'm not being funny, but we don't really need a lot of Celtic. With the relationship getting better, we did ask for our names on the screens and things like that. All, all these things kind of fell away throughout the years. So we were starting to ask for wee things like that again. But nothing, we don't really need, we're quite self-sufficient, we don't really need Celtic. We don't, we don't need, we're in kind of a certain areas, we don't need special treatment going in and out, we don't need to feed in areas and things like that, we've sorted all that ourselves, so there's no demands on Celtic. So I don't see why the relationship is so sticky and hard. I just, I, I see if I knew the reason. I'd go in and hammer it out with them. If it's me, if it's somebody in there, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. Every time you go and talk to them, it's, oh, these are doing great and we respect these, but it doesn't come across that way when you're actually wanting action off them. It's just yeah. hard. It's just hard. That's the easiest way I can explain it. So um, it's been great talking about the, the Kano, but I want to find out a little about Joe Mackin because... Oh. Um, Take me back to those early days in Easter House, starting to follow Celtic and, I suppose, growing up in the jungle. Yep. 
Yep, uh, seven year apprenticeship. My brother used to take me to games for a young age. I say, he used to be six or seven. Ah, it must have been. It must have been 76, 77. And he used to stand in the jungle. So I was always in the jungle. Uh, once I was a wee bit older and they let me a wee bit more freedom. I'd wander up the back a wee bit and get involved in the singing and the dancing. So some of the games were really tight when you were young. You were just kind of a, you get lifted and you just floated wherever way the crowd went. And even, I can remember some right hairy even reserve games, Celtic Rangers reserve games, maybe Monday nights and things like that. That's when we're called Rangers right enough. But uh, <laughs> some of the times in the jungle are really good because as you go a bit older, it was an experience just getting to Celtic Park and getting home like, on the buses and things. So you had a crowd of friends, feasters, shall we say, but you had to get through all the other schemes on the bus. So depending on... Uh, which schemes you went you had to get the seats up to the windies and try and save yourself and things like that so can we hear them scare them at times but it wouldn't change it for the world why not bring it it was brilliant yeah you mentioned your brother there and, and the Celtic is you know it's it, sometimes people go oh not that statement again the Celtic family but <laughs> I like, I suppose outside the, the corpus slogans you know it is kind of like a family job because we've so many friends uh, that we've met you know, as you say, your brother took you. I'm sure within the first couple of games, there was a kid somewhere that that you hooked up with, or you know, a mate from from Easterhouse that was going to games. And you know, you, you progress then into your teens, and you meet people, yep. and you, you start going into Glasgow, and and then all of a sudden you realise, you know, this this club is massive because there's people coming off from Ireland, there's people coming off from England, and then there's the whole American thing, Australian thing. So like. It's 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 a kind of a huge family and, and the match day experience, as I always say, it's more than ninety minutes. Um I struggled, Joe, last last season. Um I wouldn't say I mentally struggled, but it was certainly it was it was a tough time because I felt like a prisoner in my own home on match day because it's something I'm not used to. Um yep. you know, there was you know, San Rancana wouldn't watch games with me anymore because I'm normally <laughs> quite at, at a game. But I, I found myself shouting at the television and the dog was looking at me. Henrik was going, fuck's going on with you? That was, that was your out. That was just getting your frustration out. Yeah, and, and like, like, normally when you leave a stadium, when, when you've had a bad result, but it's home or away, you're on, the, you're on the bus, supporters bus, if it's an away game, or if you're in a European city, you're walking into a bar. And then if you're in Glasgow, you're either heading to the airport with your pals or you're heading on, back on the bus you know, to the ferry, or you can down to Gallagher for a point, or into the city for a point, and you have this thing where you can talk out the game, your frustrations, yeah. and someone oh. will put their arm around you, I oh, don't worry about it, look, we'll be back next week or something. But the virtual experience for me was very hard, because I was walking to the local shop, which is two minutes away, to get a couple of cans after the game, you know, and the only person I could talk to was a young lad behind the counter, <laughs> and he would he would do his best to talk to me, but talk me out of me frustrations, Joe. So like, so I'm so far away from from Glasgow, um, but you're in Glasgow, Joe, right? Now there's good and bad things in that because you also have to put up with the other side of the city when they're winning, yeah. which which can be which can be a head wrecker. How was your virtual experience? Um, very similar, I would say. It was strange for me because I'm normally on the go for maybe half 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Saturday morning, my phone just doesn't stop. 
good time we meeting at who's coming, oh, I'm going to be late, and blah, blah, blah. So my phone doesn't stop. You're normally meeting people round about the ground, whether it be the Irish kids, they'll be in at maybe half 11, or you're meeting people who give them polo tops, scarves, or whatever, before the game. So, see the virtual, you were sitting about to three o'clock waiting in the kickoff, and I didn't know what to do with myself on a Saturday morning, because you weren't getting out. <laughs> so you're just sitting about the house. Volunteering to do dishes and cleaning the players before three o'clock, just just waiting in the game coming. So you were. So my experience was very similar, but it was a full day I was missing. You're probably the same because you're normally flying over on the Saturday. You're up early on the Saturday, so it was a full day's experience I was missing. So it was. I I could cope. I could cope before the game, Joe, because like at the start I didn't miss. You know, getting up at five a.m. and four thirty to to travel. But because you were getting up in the morning, take the dog for a stroll, uh, you know, do what you have to do. I was doing a lot of stuff online with the fanzine and a lot, a lot of uh, you know, writing blogs and blah blah blah. So I was kept busy, but it was after the like, watching the game was hard enough. But I it was think the after WhatsApp the game. Helped. I see your WhatsApp groups. They were always digging after games and whatever. I, yeah, so that, that helped. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I had to go off social media because I just got that toxic and the WhatsApp group. Well, you maybe you're in two or three, but you kind of go right. Well, I'm not going to answer that one today because, you know, I was just too wild. Yeah, and you can find yourself. Um, I don't know, Joe. Like arguing with people, but then at the end of it, like instead of sitting in the bar, don't talking the game out and having a bit of crack, you were sitting in the kitchen having a can on your own, and um, you know, wondering will I ever get back and. The, well, the release during, during lockdowns and Saturday nights, I always had to actually had a drink. I would just sit and listen to my music, watch YouTube or whatever on telly, because there was all sorts of live live music on the Saturday yeah. night. Even yourself later on, uh, I would always try and have a drink on the Saturday night just to see that's the weekend. I'm having a wee drink just to split it up for the normal week weekday yeah. sort of thing. Well, I I kind of stuck to just drinking on a Saturday um, because I, I want I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to have a start of the week and an end of the week. So the week started on, you know, Monday. Yep. Sunday Sunday you could recover if you had a few drinks, but Saturday the week started on a Monday night. and it finished on a Saturday evening after the football or whatever. So that was kinda that was kinda my way of dealing with it, Joe. But um like when I went to Glasgow for the for the first game, I stayed for five days. <laughs> and, you know, and it was like it was just what? it was Were just brilliant. Working, you? <laughs> it, it was just brilliant just to get back and to go for a point and meet people. And it was funny, like I was, I went to visit friends and they had babies during the lockdown and oh. you know, people had celebrated birthdays and, and people had lost loved ones. So trying yeah. to do a bit of visiting as well. It wasn't all party, Joe. But Joe, that, that Celtic family I speak about, um, I know you've been to Vegas because I've bumped into you in Vegas. And that's what I love Vegas for because that's where I meet people from all the world. I meet them every two years and I, I, hopefully I'll never miss Vegas. Because I think that's the best thing about Vegas. Meeting the wee old man from Canada or meeting the guy from whatever, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I love it. And we're back this year because uh, the flights are, we can now fly to the States from November. Yes, so up. hopefully we'll, we'll all be back and having a having a good old time, Joe. And as you say, chatting to people that you haven't spoke to in ages, yes. well, yes. apart from online. But Joe, there's also you've also been to Australia. You've also been to functions in Australia with the Kano. Yes, that was, I was actually asked a couple of times, but it was always January, so I couldn't really, 
have two weeks off work at Christmas and disappear in January. So, so it came. I think that must have been that must have been about three years ago now, Andrew. I yeah, I remember you going off. I was I was disgusted you didn't invite me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I get invited again. So phone's Debbie and I'm saying, Debbie, I've actually been invited to Australia, blah blah blah. And she's like, You're kidding on, blah blah blah. I said, No, I can't can't really go. So I phone's the guy, I says, Look, can't really go. Uh, I think Debbie was getting a graduation or something. I said, Debbie's graduation. And the guy says, Bring Debbie Wiggy. And I was like, oh, that's a game changer. Hold on. Phone's Debbie. Debbie, two, they were inviting the twos to, <laughs> to Australia now. So we ended up, we went, and it was the time of our life. It was absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. And you know what, Joe? I'm well deserved for all, all the work you do on behalf of the Kino. And, you, and I'm sure you were representing everyone over there, Brian and all the crew, Aaron. Listen, um, just uh, I, I know right, we spoke before about. Um, the furthest we'd been to see Celtic in like the actual team without being at a function. Yep. Um, yours is Toronto? Toronto I was, yeah. Um, we were going a family holiday. We used to go to Toronto every two years and I was supposed to fly back it was either Friday or the Saturday and Celtic were playing the Sunday, I think it was. We were playing Roma. <laughs> so I had to extend the flights for all, the four days, the, the full family cost me an absolute fortune <laughs> So because I wasn't leaving Toronto because Celtic were going to Toronto <laughs> I think typical Celtic they let me down and get beat <laughs> so after they spend their fortune to go and see them <laughs> but I, I know um, people who I, I'm not sure about the Canadian connection but I know people in, in the States who can't come home for whatever reasons yeah. They can't come home, and um, for them to go to see Celtic in the flesh. Well, there was a massive know, American it, contingent up to Toronto. So yeah, it's, a, it's 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 a huge thing, and I've I've spoke to people about it, and maybe you know in the future that you know Celtic could go over. And I, I remember speaking to I think it was Joe Cook from LA, and Joe was saying even if they sent a reserve team or a U team over, and he says to a tournament that we could attend. Yep. yep. You know, and how like, simple is that? You know, it's it's like uh, it, it, I'm just complaining there about you know COVID and not not being able to get to Glasgow. But there, there is people who who live so far away they they just can't get there. You know, well, and it would be great if if Sally could send. You know, I actually experienced that myself because I had six months in Toronto. I stayed there. I was getting up at seven o'clock in the morning, going to be downtown to see the games and things like. That. Uh, and it's. We but maybe dedicated. You need to get up early, and especially the early games now. Do you know what I mean? You need to actually be committed and go, especially to keep these clubs alive. Everybody can see it in their houses now. Everybody can have Celtic TV, but to keep your supporters club going, you've got to get up and attend and buy a couple of pints and things like that to keep them keep them ticking over. Yeah, I've so been, I've big, been a, a few big, places. A big massive commitment. Yeah, Joe, I've I've attended a few uh, pubs over there, over in the states when I've been on holiday or when I'm down with the Philadelphia boys, and um, yeah, like it's 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 strange to walk into a pub at seven a.m. So yeah, so I, I walk into the pub, Joe, at the, the Playboys, and I think we're playing Hamilton. It's seven o'clock in the morning. The place is full. <laughs> you know, Sunday morning, like. And I've left it about 12 o'clock the night before and everyone's still uh, there. And I'm thinking, did these people sleep here? <laughs> but they hadn't. They'd gone home. Some of them had gone a good length. They'd got a few hours kept. They'd go back yep, up and they drove back. in or they'd got cabs in. And 
So, you know, it is a great commitment, no matter whether you're travelling to the game from anywhere or you're actually travelling to, to a pub to watch the game with, with your friends in, in a distant you land. You mentioned Joe Cook, yeah. He's in LA. They travel for all over two hours, three hours away to come down to LA Club. Yeah, I, I, and I'm hoping that Joe's going to give me an invite to LA so I can ring you and say, <laughs> oh, I got an invite to LA. So, you know... <laughs> It mightn't be Australia, but at least I got one to LA. No, Joe, Joe's great. Um, Joe's brilliant. Joe was great during the lockdown as well. I had a couple of conversations with him. He's, he's, a, he's a great character. Now, listen. Well, when, um, when I was in LA, Joe actually took me out for a, my dinner. <laughs> oh, well, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> that's when you. Oh, yeah. Enough? That's. Joe Cook, if you're listening, this, this isn't on. You know, I, I feel like a second class citizen. So, listen. Back to the Kano. Before we before we um, wrap up, the Kana Foundation, you know, how has it changed you? Wow. Um, well, nobody's ever asked me that before, Andrew. Um, I'd say massively, aye. I'd say massively. It's affected my whole life. Um, good and bad. Good and bad, I may add. Um, a lot of family time missing because... I'd, I'd say I got for work at 6 o'clock in the morning. First thing I'd do is look at my emails. Go to work, tea breaks, dinner breaks, you're phoning people, organising things, emailing people. Uh, come here for work, have your dinner, take your kids to their football, their dancing. So about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, I'm back on my computer. And I'm on my computer to about 1, 2 in the morning because I'm talking to people in Australia, Canada, whatever. You're ordering whatever, food, flags, scarves. Uh, but you know yourself, one email turns into 10 emails. So if you're talking to somebody at night, it's not just a, can I get this? Uh, any chance of doing that? Your time up, sort of a thing, especially at the start. So I did. So I affected my family life a lot, but it was always in the back of your head that you were doing the best for the kids, sort of a thing. So that's how you got through it. Well done. It's it's just it. It was a question that you know I've I've kind of always thought about. <laughs> no, I I spoke privately with people that run supporters clubs or, or are involved with different groups, and um, it it does it it does take, and sometimes it takes it. it you know, people take well, a turn for the worst, and and then there can be other people from outside, you know, who who cause trouble as well and put people under a lot of stress. So. You know, these, these things happen, and I just wanted to ask the question. Now, finally, Joe, um, before I let you go, I have Can a Celtic Soul time me? machine. <laughs> I have a Celtic Soul time machine, and um, I like everyone to climb into it and take us back to a moment or a memory or a match um, during your life that, you know, you'd like to revisit. Yeah. Um, I would probably need to say Seville. So while we were there for a week, there was eight years. We didn't have a ticket to the game. We stayed two hours away to Seville. We slept in a park on the Tuesday night. We slept in the bus station the Wednesday night after the game. We had 50-year-old lassieways, my wee niece. And it was a 50-year-old boy. The two of them, to this day, say it's the best holiday they've ever had. And that was us getting beat. I would probably need to say Seville. It was just unique. Unique. Try to walk through these streets in the day of the games was just impossible. 
the buses were getting stoked, streets were getting shut down. It was just, if you were only there, you couldn't explain it to somebody, you had to see it. Yeah, it was uh, It was a special special week. I stayed in Ben and Medina. We only went up the day of the match. Um, we were going to stay the night, but we got out of Dodge fairly quick after the result <laughs> because we just jumped. We just jumped on a bus yep. with Nave Park and headed down the road back to our digs because we were so good. Um, I, 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 I look at Seville has been the build up was brilliant, but the come down was. Well, I had and, then, another, I, and then the finished I, off at Kilmarnock, you know. Well, I thought I had another bit of experience because we were in Stansted Airport coming back and we had to listen to the Kilmarnock game in the, the airport lounge. And we had, you know, there's a big massive square. And by the end of it, we had all these people from the world. We were jumping about going mad. They were coming here, they were celebrating with us. Then they'd see us kicking chairs and going mental and they were scared to ask us, like, what the score was now. So I think. Yeah, so I, just... I, I lost the league in stands to the airport, which wasn't great either. That was a final. Kicking the homage, shall we say, for Seville. Uh, and, and I'm only back, Joe. I was lucky enough to. I I'd booked originally. I'd booked a flight to Alicante, uh, and I was going to travel up to Paddy Point Celtic Supporters Club. We soon realised that we weren't getting tickets. Uh, I contacted Betis. They said, "Look, we're going from forty percent to sixty percent. There'll be no away fans." So what I done was, I changed my flights because the air companies now, because of COVID, you can change your flights. I think up yep. to the end of this year. So I changed my flights and said, "Right, well at least I'll have another little holiday." And then I get home. The day I changed my flights. Um, I get home, enter the house, and I hear the news that we're getting tickets. So I check my email and say, "Yeah, you're getting a ticket." Send me passport details off. Book another flight, and this time I'm going directly into Seville. Yeah. Uh, and then I go over to the the Ross County game on the Friday. I think it's the Friday. I fall asleep in the hotel. I had a few points waiting to check in. Fall asleep, wake up. Dominic McKay has left the building, and we're not getting tickets. We're not getting tickets for Seville. So, you know, fucking hell, what's going on? And then, but look, I, I said, look, I'm going to go and and change my arm. But I went, I lost my phone, I got it back 24 hours later. <laughs> Taxi driver drove, drops me to the wrong. Um, he drops me to the wrong hotel, which turns out it's a bar. I walk in, I realise I haven't got my phone. And I just say, does anyone speak English? And they all speak English. You know, three of them, four, I think, spoke English in the bar. The co-owner of the bar, he's having a few beers. What's the problem? Throws me in the car. We start following the phone. Eventually, right. eventually the phone, you know, I have, we, eventually the phone leaves Seville and it's 10 miles out. And But it's time for, he's a better fan. He's going to game. So back in, and he offers me a season book, but it's, it's a picture ID. He said, look, you can have it. But he says, you won't go through the second checkpoint. Right. So so I'm saying, do I take the risk? Do I go down? Or do I stay here and watch the game? And at least I'll see the game. So I watched the game with Betis fans and Seville fans. <laughs> but everyone was coming up talking about 2003. Good. Good. You know, and even the ones that didn't speak English, it, there was people translating because my Spanish isn't so good. Yeah. But, and they, they, but I have after, to say... After the, all the, these years, your Spanish the, isn't the, good? The people of yeah, the people of <laughs> Seville. The English isn't that good. The, the people of Seville haven't forgotten us, Joe. And it's just, uh, I, I felt so welcome. And even the day I'm leaving, I get a message from Javi, who's the the guy that owns the bar. Yes, he says, "Come to the bar, and I'll bring you to the airport." 
So he comes to the bar and we have and a coffee know. before I leave and he drives me to the airport. And so I think know. I'm going to have to be on my best behaviour when they come to, to Glasgow. I'll have to look after them, Joe. Andrew, only you could fly all that way, lose your phone, etc., and still meet the owner of a bar. Yeah. It's just a knack you've got, is it just a knack you've got, aye? It's quite a good bar as well. I, I ended up on the second night of the 21st. So you go to Paddy's Point, no the owner, go to Cabaroid, no the owner. Well, you see... Even Carlos, the Seville. Yeah, well, see, it's, you have to know the bar owner because you I never think, know when there's going to be a lock-in. I think, I think there's a wee knack in that, aye. I, mean, I hope it's not a set. I hope people don't think I'm like a holic that I'm never out of the pub. <laughs> Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> It's been an absolute pleasure. I look forward to catching up with you for a beer and a, a chat off record. But listen, thanks, thanks so much for coming on and um, I'll send you the yeah. date of the dinner. We'll be looking after you this year again yes. and the Paradise Step, Steps group um, who we've done a, a little small charity night we do, which is every year. So uh, looking forward to that. That'll be April, I think. April. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the dates. I think it's yep. the ninth after the St. Johnson game. Or maybe the last home game anyway um, before the split but I'll, I'll send you all the details and um, but I'll yeah. definitely see you before then for a beer well, thank you for giving me a wee bit of air time tonight thank you for your company and thank you all your listeners for their continued support hail hail Joe hail. thank you very much Andrew cheers thanks very much to Joe for sharing his story and for letting us into his sadic soul and for updating us on the great walk of the Kane Foundation. And look, we wish them all the best for the rest of the season. We're keeping football free for kids. And in the old Celtic tradition, giving a lift over the turnstile. And folks, if you're a Celtic-minded business, a Celtic supporters club, and you would like to sponsor an episode of the podcast or sponsor us across the website or in the fanzine, please get in contact with us via the website social media or by emailing us at info at you can also support us by visiting the website celticfanzine.com where you can become a member subscribe buy or donate for the price of the point thank you for listening and also thank you for watching the YouTube channel and for reading on the website and the fanzine for further listening can I recommend episode 9 when another of the kind of volunteers and the very talented poet Aaron Boyle join us in episode 36, social worker Karen Kenny joined us for chat and he has filled the bus or two with kids to enjoy the hospitality and the kindness of the Cano from his hometown of Dublin. And as I said earlier in the podcast, it was great to see Paul Heaton kind enough to wear one of our T-shirts on stage. And you can check out Paul's conversation with me back in episodes 60 and 64. If any artists want us to play out with their tune, song or poem give us a shout and please keep all the suggestions coming in for future guests and let us know what you think of the show and indeed the fans in so please please keep those comments coming in well that's it folks for another episode of the Celtic Soul podcast we play Dundee United on Sunday and then it's another big European night against Bayern Leverkusen in Glasgow at Celtic Park under the lights so until then, folks, keep the faith, stay safe, and hopefully I'll see you in Glasgow. And if not, I might bump into you on the road following the famous Glasgow Celtic. And we'll play out now with a poem from the very, very talented 
Glasgow poet Aaron Boyle. When I was wee, we didn't have BT Sport or Sky Sport or Celtic TV. I never even had a telly. I'd spend my week getting at hard graph, getting at welly for pennies. I'm telling you, pal, you don't know how lucky you've got it. You see, when my dad was working quite often down at the yards and my ma would give me some change for the game, but if I stuck an old man's booze up my jersey, he'd lift me out of the turnstile to see the game. And I'd spend that change and a macaroon while listening to the tune of the jungle boys making noise. It was paradise for me as a young boy. And as I grew up and went out with my pals, we drank thunder, tri colours in the ceiling while feeling that this is something special. Though no marriage material, as my plans are far from Glasgow's territorial schemes and it seems my pals praying to their tonic wine is a sign that this life isn't meant to be. So I kept it Celtic. Only Celtic. I kept my scarf tucked into my chest, jacket zipped up, hiding my crest. I sung Celtic stories in a Celtic bar to the tune of Tin Whistle, Mandolin and acoustic guitar. The adrenaline. My heart beats to the sound of the drum and what you know now is section 111. My toes are numb, I'm not the only one. My true love seats 60,000. My true love is anything wrapped in white and green. Me and your mother surrounded by absolute scenes. I grew up in love with the Celtic supporters. No, the Calton Toms are rebel songs, but a club like no other. You see, when I was wee, we didn't have toys under the tree in December. But socks without holes in them was what I asked for. And the best Christmas of all, Celtic tap and a football. When I was wee, we didn't have BT Sport or Sky Sport or Celtic TV. As a Celtic fan now, pal, you don't know how lucky you've got it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.